right, you all ready to get unstressed today? Anybody ready to be unstressed? Some of you are like, man, Pastor, we're chilling. We just had a great worship time. That's great. We should be chilling. Uh, we're talking about being squeezed. Never in our nation's history, perhaps. Well, I don't want to say that. That sounds a little outlandish. Let's just say we're in a, in a, a time of squeezing in our country right now. Can I get an amen on that one? Uh, people are kind of on edge. Uh, last week, Pastor Andrew and I encouraged you with the myriad of ways that people are stressed out. I won't rehearse that for you this morning to encourage you more with all those reasons to be stressed out. Uh, just take it for granted. We talked about it last week. Uh, but our goal this week is to move us into a place where we begin to apply the resources of heaven uh, on, our, on our circumstances and on ourselves personally. I want you to read with me in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 6 and 7. We're going to start there this morning. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Um, it says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Now, I just got to pause. How many of you know it would be sufficient to say humble yourselves under the power of God? But the Bible puts an adjective in front of power as if power needed more strength. The Bible puts the word mighty power to underscore that God's power is not just normal run-of-the-mill power. It's mighty power. It's the mightiest of all powers. How many of you are grateful you got the power of God on your behalf this morning? The power of God, the mighty power of God. And then it says, give all of your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Not just about your neighbor, he cares about you. Turn to your neighbor, though, and just tell him, he cares about you. Just remind him that this morning. I'm trying to get you guys involved in the message, all right? <laughs> now, when we talk about stress properly, we're talking about the pressure or tension that is exerted upon an object. And we shared last week that, that stress can be either real stress or perceived stress. In other words, some people stress about, about things that haven't even happened yet. They're like expert worriers. Anybody know anybody like that? They're already worried about what's going to possibly happen a year from now, maybe. But how many of you know, even if it's perceived stress, if you act like it's real stress, it will have the same debilitating impact on you. It will make you sick. It will make you stressed out. It will make you lose sleep. That's just perceived, whether it's perceived or real. Stress is like, uh, we had some engineers in the house this morning. When, when, the, when the engineers tell you this bridge can only hold this amount of weight or stress, that means if you go over that, that bridge is going to collapse, right? Or how about anybody drive their car and all of a sudden the red light comes on because your engine is being stressed. It's being stressed out. Anybody have a stressed out engine ever in your life? And that little red light comes on. That little red light means nothing to me, all right? That little red light just means we got a light going on, all right? Now, some of you, like John, John knows what the red light is all about. I am thankful for people like John because I just go, oh, wow, the red light came on. But how many of you know last week, Pastor Andrew said one of the blessings of stress is it, it's the gift of awareness. It lets us know something is wrong. Now, I'm going to give you the good news and the bad news, all right? When the little red light comes on in your life, how you address the little red light determines what you worship. Because what you do when the little red light comes on, where you go, how you find relief, how you find peace, determines what you truly worship no matter where you go to church on Sunday. I mean, you know, we can go to church all we want, but that doesn't mean we act like Christians or it doesn't mean we apply the resources of heaven. It just means we go to church. We need to look at when the awareness comes on, bing, 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 I'm being stressed. 
what is it that we do when the stress light comes on because the stress reveals our idols. Now, one of the things Americans do with stress is we have this whole industry in America called self-care. Anybody ever hear that phrase, self-care? Now, can I just tell you, I'm not against self-care. I'm not promoting self-abuse, all right, or any kind of abuse. Self-care. I did a little Google search on self-care. This is how many times in less than a second the word self-care came up on Google. Ready for that? That's 2,900,000,000 times. Now, I did not research all of those this week (laughs) because I didn't have to. Because you know what that says? Americans have self-care down really well. And can I tell you what else? We're the self-care experts, and we're more stressed out than anyone. What does that tell you? We might have an idol. In fact, anybody want to know under the broad headline of self-care, how much money Americans will spend this year on self-care? Ready for this? $9.9 billion. And any of you that are business folks and you're looking to get ahead and following the trends, what the prognosticators are telling us is that by the year 2025, Americans will be spending $25 billion on self-care. So if some of you want to chase that idol down and max it out for the glory of God, just go right ahead and make some money off of it, all right? Because Americans are looking to care for themselves, and there's nothing the matter with that. But how many of you know much of the emphasis on self-care is on stress management? Now, can I just tell you something? You don't want to manage your stress. You want to get rid of it. It's like pain management. Let me just keep my pain at a level where I can barely tolerate it. Keep it at the threshold where I can live without going crazy. No, you don't want to pain manage. You want to get rid of your pain. And you don't want to stress manage. You want to get rid of your stress. But we, we help people manage their misery. It's an amazing concept. If we can keep the misery present, we can manage it longer and make more money off of it. It's amazing how that works. And so how many of you ladies know you're the prime targets of self-care? Let me tell you why. Because you're stressed out. You're trying to keep your husband happy. Your kids happy. Meals on the table. You're trying to work. Many of you are working. You're trying to bring home some money, all right? You're trying to do all this, and you're trying to keep all the place spinning. And guess what? You need some, you ready for this phrase? Me time. You need a Calgon moment. You need the bubble bath. You need the smelling salts. It's not called smelling salts, but whatever. Yeah, you you might need smelling salts. You you need aromatherapy. You need bonbons, and you need to binge on your latest Netflix. You need time to get ready for this. You need time to recenter. That's another big word, by the way, in self-care. Recenter. Let me tell you what recenter means. Recentering means that you're going to look deep within for hope and healing and tranquility. Now let me just ask you a good Dr. Phil question. How's that working for you? (laughs) Last time I looked deep within my stressful self, I didn't find any tranquility. I wanted to kill somebody. (laughs) Am I talking to the right bunch here? When you dig deep within the well of yourself, 
you find that the well just keeps getting deeper and darker and stinkier and empty. There's no hope by recentering on the source of your stress and anxiety. I'm stressed out. Let me be alone, have some me time, and really go deep within. No, you're bankrupt. It's like going to your bank account and trying to go deep. It's not deep. At least mine's not deep. I'm not going to go deep in my bank account for hope. There's no hope in my bank account. Are you not? You guys get what I'm talking about here. So here, so again, in the self-care movement, there's two main strategies that they offer that I want to share with you guys this morning. And this is coming from an expert. So please take notes. Because you know how much experts actually know if you've been paying any attention. <laughs> the first strategy for dealing with you and the stresses that you're facing, I call them micro distractions. Micro meaning tiny distractions. Now here's the idea behind micro distractions. Focus on simple pleasures. All right, you got the whole swirl of everything going on. You need to recenter, have some me time, focus on the details. Be present. How about this one? Be present in the moment. Are you all present right now in the moment? Be mindful of the immediate sensory experience that's happening. Is anybody feeling relaxed yet? Hang on. I'm going to give you some pointers from a PhD in philosophy. Take notes, please. If you can't tell I'm being sarcastic, just hold on just for one minute. These are PhDs in philosophy that are going to help you write these down because I know some of you are stressed out. First suggestion, blow Bubbles. <laughs> hey, man, you're facing bankruptcy. You got some relational struggles. Go down to Dollar General. <laughs> Buy you a little thing of bubbles or the big thing of bubbles. You know the ones where you go like, <laughs> depending on your stress level. And when you blow bubbles, it's amazing what that does to you. Second thing from this PhD, feed squirrels. Hey, don't laugh until you've tried it. <laughs> you've seen squirrels. They're just so cute. The way they have little tails out there in the back. They're, I'm feeling relaxed right now. Some of you, if you'll train a squirrel to blow bubbles, you'll get twice the benefit. <laughs> now you got this squirrel out there with a peanut in one hand. <laughs> All right. This is one of my favorites right here. Listen to the sound of a cat purring. <laughs> you guys get this now. I got all these stresses in my life, but if I sit here on the couch and I pet my cat and I listen to the engine of that cat purring, <laughs> the stress just runs right out. How about this one? Go barefoot. This is the favorite one, first service. Take a nap. Hallelujah! Now, now we're talking. My mother does this. Do a puzzle. Now some of you are like, I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. Where's that piece go? What is that piece? 
Is that the sky? Is that the lake? Ah, you know, some people, you would kill yourself doing puzzles because that's not relaxing. But my mom, she just grabs that piece and she spins it around. She moves it around, and when she finds its place, <sighs> stress just leaves her body. How about this one? Burn a candle. <laughs> Smelly candles are the best. How about hugging a puppy? Just hug you a puppy. This is my favorite. They recommend getting a candy bar. But don't just eat it like a little pig. No, I want you to experience the candy. I want you to be aware of the texture of the candy bar. Mm. I want you to go like, mmm. <laughs> Tim McShane got some bubbles and some Reese's. All right. I am feeling so good. I, I'm going to share these with some of you guys. We'll go out and we'll blow bubbles in the lobby. I ain't sharing the Snicker bar or the Reese's bar, so I'm sorry. That's not... All right. Now, here's the problem. I want you to listen carefully. Distractions. No matter how enjoyable they are for the moment. Now, let me just say, I like to hug a puppy as much as anybody. Don't you make me out to be some animal hater. I like puppies. I'll pet the cat. But here's the problem. No matter how enjoyable for the moment, they never address the problem. I mean, you know, when you put the puppy down, your anxiety has not gone anywhere. It comes racing right back. These are all surface issues. Go take you a hot bath and chill out. You need to relax. But when you get out of the tub, your stressors are not gone. You just are clean now. You're stressing clean. You smell good while you're stressed out. Which is better than stinking while you're stressed out. I got people my age, some of you that are my age, I'm amazed. They're all excited to go back because the, the band that they listened to in the 80s is having a concert. Whoa! Uh, these guys are like 95 years old. And you're like, you want to go back in time because somehow you're like, oh, man, I want to go relive the moment. Are you nuts? That's not going to help you. Watching senior citizens in leather pants hopping around on stage. My son, Ronnie, he pastors out in the United Socialist Republic of Colorado. Now, the way they deal with tyranny out there is they smoke pot. Lots of it. In fact, he tells me that most of their state, they're not stressed out about nothing. Like, whoa, dude. Hey. I mean, they don't know where they're at. That's the problem, though. They're not stressed out. They just don't know if they're home yet. All right? They're, they're high. But guess what? Once the high wears off, you're still stressed out. Got to go smoke some more weed. Or you got to go get high. Or you got to go get drunk. You know, it amazed me that lost people, they live to get drunk on the weekends. I'm like, that's your life? Party! Woo! Hugging toilets, puking. That. It's like, seriously? Hugging toilets while you vomit does not deal with your stressors, but it might 
anesthetize the pain for just a little bit. Or we got people that pursue physical pleasure, but physical pleasure goes away. Or we got people that love sleeping because they're so depressed. But guess what? You're going to wake up, dude. And when you wake up, it's still you. And you're still depressed because you haven't dealt with the source of your depression. So let me go. That's the micro strategy. Can you see all these things are good? I'm for naps. I'm for candy. I'm for, I'm for puppies. I'm not for weed, but I'm for everything else I talked about. But those are, those are diversions, all right? They're just, they're, 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 I'm rather, they're distractions. Now, let me tell you the other direction we go. We go from the little, the immediate, the sensory, sensory rather, we go to the big, what I'm going to call macro diversions. Now, again, everything I'm going to share with you, I'm a full supporter of, okay? How many of you know it's summer, and we should be going out enjoying nature? How many of you have been inspired climbing a mountain? How many of you have been inspired walking along a beautiful stream? How many of you ever got captured by the sunrise or the sunset and you just go, wow, that's awesome? Now, let me give you a little hint here, all right? The idea behind this big thing, this, this macro diversion, is if you focus on the grandeur of Mother Nature, you might forget about your miserable self. So here's the idea. You climb to the top of the mountain and you go, wow, this is awesome. This is awesome. Look at this view. And you get inspired by the transcendence of the moment, right? But the problem is you're going to walk back down the mountain. And then guess what? You still deal with the issues. Or some of you, how many of you remember that famous uh, Southwest commercial? Want to get away? Remember those? I love that commercial. Want to get away? This is how some people deal with stress. I just got to get out of here. Man, how many of you have ever gone on a vacation and you were more stressed out on the vacation and then you came back to where you were already stressed before you left? And you have to take a vacation from your family, away that is from your family, so that you can chill out again. Because the problem isn't out there, and you didn't leave it on the mountain, and you didn't leave it in the valley, and the sunset didn't melt the problems away. Unfortunately, I wish it was that easy. How many of you have figured out that our diversions and our distractions are like the smoke and mirror game? They overpromise continually, and they under-deliver. They take the pain, and they whitewash it, but I've learned this from my painter friends. If there's a stain on the wall and you paint over it, guess what? The stain's going to come back through the paint. You have to deal with the stain, with the stress, before you just whitewash it. So let me tell you, though, and this is good news. When the dashboard light comes on in your life, these two strategies that are worldly strategies, the micro and the macro, are actually hints to the solution to our problem, and I want you to see this. It's amazing. The, let's talk about the micro first. The micro diversions. We don't need diversions. We need the presence of God in our lives. We need the presence of God in our lives. Let me highlight what I'm talking about here. When you're feeling squeezed, what you need, the theological term is imminence. It, it means, you know, people, lost people focus on immediacy. So I'm going to sit here in a quiet place. I'm just going to get centered. I'm going to put all the sounds of the world out, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to listen to those sounds. I'm going to get centered. And I, I don't know what you're getting centered on, but you're trying to find something, go deep, whatever. Um, but here's what we're supposed to do. This is the, the, the true solution. You get centered on the presence of Jesus. 
because he's the only one that's big enough to deal with your pain and with the craziness going on. So check this out. Nature is a great place to experience the presence of the Lord. Your bathtub with bubbles is a great place to experience the presence of the Lord. But if you get stuck on the bubbles and you get stuck on the trail and you never go to God and experience his presence, you're worshiping idols. I just got to get on vacation. I just got to get on vacation. Why? Because if I could just get away, if I could just get away. You don't need to get away. You need to get into the presence of God. Have anybody noticed when we come to church on Sunday, we can either do sing-alongs, kumbaya, all right, next. No, no, we're not doing sing-alongs. What are we after? We're after the presence of Jesus. Because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So we're not trying to do religious services around here where we can get you in, get you out as quickly as possible, uh, and, and everything's nice and polished and everything. I mean, no, the presence of God is not polished. It's messy, gloriously messy. What we hope is that the glory shows up in such a degree and the presence in such a degree that everything gets wrecked, like just throw your bulletin away because Jesus showed up. Have you ever been in a situation where you're, you're, you're chasing the tail of stress like the dog chasing his tail, and all of a sudden you get into the Word and you put on some worship music and you begin to look up, not in. You begin to look to the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. That's where I'm focusing. And when you get your eyes off the trees and you stop being a tree hugger and you start looking at the God who created the trees, now we're coming in to some action, all right? Now we're coming into the presence of the Lord. Say, Pastor, are you against tree huggers? Yes! (laughs) Yes, I am against tree huggers. Because they're idolaters. Because they're worshiping a tree and a puppy and a squirrel and bubbles instead of worshiping God Almighty. That's the problem. Y'all remember Jesus did this all the time. He emphasized presence. He's walking along with the disciples. He says, hey, guys, check out those lilies over there. You didn't know Jesus was a gardener. That's why I love to garden. Look at those lilies. You know, sometimes I got to stop from all the crazy. How many of you have ever planted stuff in your yard and then you didn't even bother to enjoy it? before it bloomed and then died because you're so busy. So what do you do? You slow down and you go, wow, look at that lily. Now that's a good kind of immediacy because that lily causes me to look to the one who created the lily. I mean, I get amazed at the creativity of God. Macro flowers, I'm going to have flowers in a short while that are as big as my head. Some of you are going, that's hard to believe. Uh, No, it's true. They're as big as my head. And then there's flowers that are so tiny, you're like, how did somebody paint those? Jesus says, check out those lilies, guys. And they're like, hey, yeah, those are lilies. And uh, he says, yeah, they don't, they don't worry about anything. Look how beautiful they are. You know who cares for those lilies? I do. You know what else Jesus said? Look at those birds. See those cool birds up there? You mean those brown sparrows? Yeah, those brown little sparrows up there. Just everyday brown little sparrows. See those sparrows? They don't fret about anything because I feed them every day. I make sure they have three square meals a day, all right? I take care of them. And then what does Jesus do? He gets them in the immediacy of the moment, and then he drops the bomb on them. Are you not more valuable than birds? He said ungodly people, they freak out about everything. How many of you know that's true? Freak out about everything. He said, but you're not like that. He even said this. 
Larry, I know the number of hairs on your head now. Jesus said that. Now, if Jesus said that to you, would you be stunned by like, seriously? Yep. 2,936. Oh, one just fell out. All right. What if the Lord said that to you? I mean, he did. It's in the Bible. But if the Lord looked you in the eye after talking about lilies and talking about birds and he said, I know how many hairs are on your head, does that not communicate intimacy, presence, him being with you, him knowing you inside and out? See, we don't need Reese's cups. We need an encounter with Jesus that's genuine and real and powerful. We need his presence. How many of you know when Jacob was going back to meet his brother and he's kind of freaking out, stressing moment, they didn't end so well, remember that? He's thinking, this guy's gonna kill me, stress, 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 stress. He has a God encounter while he's sleeping and this is what he said, I didn't even know that the Lord was in this place, but he was. That's why when we sang that song this morning on the blessing, he is within me, he is in front of me, he's behind me, he's beside me. How many of you know I am surrounded right now by the presence of the Lord? And so are you. The problem is we don't attend to it. While you're taking the bath and petting your pup puppy and feeding squirrels and watching them blow bubbles, realize that you're sitting in the midst of the presence of God. And that he, if he could care for squirrels, then how much more does he care for you? How much more does he care for you? We need connection. We need healing relationships. We need to be connected to the body of Christ. How many of you know, I, I read a, a story of, this was one of those Broadway performance acts, you know, where this lady sat on a stool and she invited people to come up. In fact, they had to make appointments. They came up on stage and they sat in a, a stool and they stared this woman in the face and she smiled at them and they just looked back at her. Now, people paid money for this. People started crying. People started having what they called epiphanies because looking in the eyes of another human being was so powerful because when you live in New York City and you're surrounded by millions of people and you're connected to no one, do you know how crazy it is when someone actually pauses and looks you in the eye and smiles at you? They were talking about like it was being born again, like they were you know, having a transcendent experience. Are ready for this? All because another human being looked at them how many of you think we got better resources than that in the local church? We got better relationships than that in the local church. How about looking into the face of the Lord and realizing he knows everything about you and that he loves you? Look, I was in Psalm 139 this morning uh, reading it. Listen to what Psalm 139 highlights for us this morning. Verse 1, Lord, you know everything about me. Lord, you just don't understand the situation I'm in right now. That's why I'm so stressed. That's not what God says about your situation. He knows everything about what you're going through. Everything. And you drop down to verse 7. I can never get away from your presence. No, oh, this is so good. So you're all stressed out. What you need to do is not go somewhere. You need to sit down and worship and realize that the presence of God is there for you now. There's no place you could go that God's not with you. That's called imminence, meaning God is close, God is near. Look at what the Bible says, Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. I love that word personal again. Not just in a general way. He's saying, Tracy, don't be afraid, 
don't be discouraged. I'm going to personally go ahead of you, anticipating everything you're going to run into. I'm not ever going to fail you. I will never, ever abandon you. How many of you know those are the needs we have as human beings? That's what causes us to freak out, being abandoned, being rejected, feeling like there's nobody there for us, nobody understands us. How many of you know those are lies from the pit of hell? God promises to be with us. Look at the next verse here. I want to read Psalm 73, verse 23. The psalmist says, I still belong to you, Lord, and you hold my right hand. Have any of you ever just in a moment when you're stressed out, just take that verse and apply it and just reach out and grab a hold of the Lord? He's holding us. Actually, it's this way because it's his right hand. He's holding me with his right hand. You know, there was a time when chaos was going on in our house. Ever, anybody ever experienced that in your house or is it just the Johnson house? Chaos. <laughs> Stress. <laughs> and I realized that it wasn't my wife or kids that was the problem. How many of you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood? So here's what I did. I finally just stopped the craziness and I said, look, Satan, you're not welcome in our house. I'm kicking you out right now. And what I did is I physically, some of you might think this is weird, but it works. I physically said, let's go. Because he's a loser, and he has to submit to the greater authority in Jesus' name. Loser, let's go. I walked over to my front door. I opened my front door physically. And I said, you're out of here. Out of here, all right. And I closed the door. And then I went back in my house, and I said, all right, let's, let's get back to normal now. Because stress and chaos and all that is from the pit of hell. I don't want to manage it. I want to evict it. So you're going, that guy opened the door, and he's talking to himself. Yes, I was. And then I kept talking to myself, and I closed the door. And I'm going to hold on to the Lord's hand, whichever one he's extending, because the Bible says he wants to hold my hand. So sometimes when you're going through pressure, reach out and grab the invisible hand that's holding you and walking with you through life. That's how you live. You live by the only expert opinion that matters. Every other expert's a wannabe. Only God's the official expert. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. Let's go to the next one here. So we need the presence of God, but how many of you know we need the majestic power of God? This is what the Bible calls transcendence. How many of you know you don't climb a mountain to make your problem small? You climb a mountain to magnify the greatness of the one who created the mountain you just climbed on. Like, you don't go to the Grand Canyon to feel good about yourself. Oh, look at the majestic Grand Canyon. My self-esteem just got a boost. You don't do that. When you're at the Grand Canyon and you're looking at this giant hole that's amazing, you feel small. And how many of you have figured this out? When you feel small, that's when you're the most healthy. I'm going to say that again. When you feel small... That's when you feel best about yourself. When you're big and it's all about you, that's when you're most miserable. How many of you have ever picked up a magazine on the way out when you're buying your groceries to get help for your relationships from Hollywood? If you did, we're going to have a line right here. It's called the slap you silly line. We're going to slap you silly right here. No, because it's all about them. And they are some of the most miserable people per square inch on planet Earth. You need to climb a mountain so that you realize how small you are. 
and how big God is. Now, did any of you like the storm that went through this morning? <laughs> it was awesome. Do any of you guys like sit outside when storms go through? Anybody? You know why I do? Because it's awesome. When there's a sign, tornado warning, woo, woo, woo. I run outside. Where is it? Where is it? I'm not kidding you. There's, it went off in Crown Point, woo, and we're out in the backyard. Honey, you might want to come inside. No, I know it's out here somewhere. Now, when you see it, then you go inside, and then you, you pray, you go low, and all that. But you got to see it because it's a demonstration, you ready for this, of majestic power. The Bible says it's just the whisper of God's greatness. I feel so tiny. Hear the boom, and it causes you to jump in the can. The squirrel takes off, the bubbles pop. All right, you're like, whoa, the window shakes. You're like, yes, that was awesome. Because that's the whisper of our great God's voice. Oh, I love it. So that's what creation is supposed to do to us. It, transcendence is made to make us feel small and to show us how big God is. To remind us that nothing is impossible for God. Isaiah 41 verse 10, don't be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. That's presence. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. How many of you know he's got to be your personal God? You have to have a relationship with him. He says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to hold you up with one hand, my left hand tied behind my back, with my victorious right hand. I'm going to hold you up. That's how powerful he is. God is bigger than the causes of my anxiety, and he's also, this is the good news, he's powerful enough to change me and my circumstances. I don't need distractions in my life. Here's what I need, and here's what you need. Transformation. I don't need to go anywhere, do anything. I need to let the presence and power of God transform me so that I'm changed from the inside out. That's what my real need is. I don't need diversions. I don't need, I'm just going to go out and do something I like to get my mind off the problems. Again, those are temporary solutions. What I really need is to experience the depth of the conversion that I've had in Jesus Christ, the riches that are available. God is big, and God is near. God is big, and yet God is near. Let me end with this verse right here, Psalm 116. We're going to apply this before we leave. Psalm 116, verse 7. This is so good. Let my soul be at rest again. How many know the psalmist is talking to himself? Let my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions be at rest again. Here's why. For the Lord has been good to me. How many of you can say that the Lord has been good to you? So here's what happens. This is so good. I need to experience the immediacy of his presence. He is as close as a breath away. But I also need, that's nice, the nearness of his presence, but I also need a God that's big enough to deal with my stress. Some of us are going through real issues, health issues, work issues, relational issues. These are real issues. I'm not minimizing all these, but I will tell you this. Squirrels and bubbles won't be a lot of help to you, all right? And neither will going on vacation and climbing a mountain. It's not, it's not going to help you at the end. You've got to deal with the stuff. 
So what you need is an encounter with Jesus that's real, ongoing encounter with Jesus. And then you need to know that he's big enough to bring solutions. You know, here's what I hope for some of you. Some of you guys are first-generation believers in, in, in the sense that your family is the first in your family to know the Lord, all right? Some of you are dealing with situations, bad marriage situation, a spouse that's not really living for God. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe you got kids that aren't following the Lord, okay? I don't know what's going on. But, but here's how I want to encourage you. When you stand up and you're singing that song, the blessing of God, the favor of God, on my household, on my seed, on my seed seed. How many of you know you're prophesying into a situation that has not yet become a reality? This is important. You're prophesying about a future that has not yet happened. But you know that's God's will. So you know what you do? You sing it louder. and That was the first one. A little bit louder. I'm going to sing a little bit louder. It's not that the volume changes anything. It's that the volume starts getting it in here stronger to where I start believing. Oh, yeah, devil? Well, let me sing a little louder about this situation. Oh, you're trying to torment me with that? Well, let me tell you what God says about this situation. You begin to declare the truth about what God thinks about your situation. You begin to tell your soul, put that verse back up there, Megan. You begin to tell your soul, hey, be quiet. Because God has been good to me. God has been good to me. You know another song I can't get out of my house? The goodness of God. I play it over, 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 over. I sing it over, over, over. Because when I remind myself of how kind God has treated me, how much he loves me, then I know that his, the grace that was faithful in the past is here for me now. And it's also here for me tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, until the Lord comes, I live in the goodness of God. So I am going to tell my soul, hey, soul, chill out. Take a nap. Feed a squirrel. Come on, something, do something. But, but we ain't going to freak out about this situation. How I mean, you know it's time for the church to be different? It's time for God's people to be different. It's time for us to do more smiling than the people out there. It's time for us to quit freaking out. It's time for you to quit getting your agenda from the evening news and start opening your Bible and rehearsing the promises of God. It's time to start speaking into situations when everybody, I don't know if we can come out till 2025. Oh, yes, we are going to come out till before 2025. Oh, yes, we are going to go back to school. Hallelujah. We're not going to cower away and wait for horrible things to happen to us. Because we know God. Hey, be still in there, guys. Chill out. Because God has been good to me. Can you stand to your feet with me? And I want you to make this declaration as we close. Can you just talk, do, talk to yourself? Don't worry about everybody around you. Just talk to yourself right now. And just tell yourself, hey, soul, be still. Come on, talk to yourself. Everybody, soul, be still within me. Be quiet. Be quiet within me. Some of you came in with a lot of chattering going on in your heart today. Soul, be still within me. And I want you to make this second declaration. For the Lord has been good to me. Make that out loud with your own mouth if it's true. For the Lord has been good to me. Let's say it again. The Lord has been good to me. How about one more time? Come on. The Lord has been good 
to me. Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord Jesus, we ask you for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit even upon us right now. Holy Spirit, fill us today with your joy and with your peace and with your confidence, with faith, God. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Transform us from the inside out. But Lord, we thank you. You've been good to us in the past. You're good to us right now. And as we leave here, your goodness goes before us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, even in the valleys, even in the valley of the shadow of death, you've been with us and you've comforted us. And Lord, you're going to turn everything that the devil meant for evil into something good. So we praise you today. We thank you today. God, we don't want to manage our stress. We say in the name of Jesus, get out of my life today. Get out of my life. We're going to live in the joy of the Lord. We're going to live in the peace of God. We're going to move in the faith of God. And we're going to be more than conquerors because of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mighty power that's available even now. Use us now, Lord, as we leave this place. May people wonder, what in the world have those folks been up to? May the joy of the Lord cause people to wonder, where have you come from? What kind of squirrels have you been petting today? Come on. We have been in the presence of the Most High God. So, Lord, the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. We don't need anything more than Jesus. You are enough. You are enough. We honor you. Bless you now. You know, if you're here today and you've never submitted your life to Christ, we want to pray with you. We got some really friendly people up here, puppy-hugging people. You would love them, and, uh, and they want to pray with you. Don't Please don't leave here if you don't know the Lord. Uh, and if you're new here today, uh, we would love to connect with you. Just take a moment, run down here front and center. I'd love to shake your hand and get to know you a little bit better and just welcome you, all right? So, Father, bless us now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.